Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for joining me for season four of Women in the Arena podcast. This season, we are going to challenge ourselves. We are going to grow. We're going to stretch. We're going to push ourselves outside our comfort zone, and we're going to do some things that we have been dreaming to do. As I have said before, I may be the one behind the mic, but I don't do this by myself. I do this with all of you. Thank you all for joining me today, and let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for joining me again today. Today, I am joined by Amber Anderson, and she is an incredible woman that has taken mother of necessity to a new level. When she had her son, she recognized that corporate America didn't fit her lifestyle, so she created her own agency, Totes and Pears, and it specializes in creating a connection between marketing and a client, but specifically for women and understanding women's needs and that they're all different. She's also been featured on NPR, Forbes Inc., BuzzFeed, The Huffington Post, Women 2.0, Success, Thrive Global, and she is a contributing writer to American Express blog. It is my pleasure and my honor to introduce to you Amber Anderson. Amber, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am very excited for you to be here because you are talking about some topics that haven't been discussed before, and at least not in this way, about women and marketing. Before we get started, I wanted to tell everybody that I'm wearing my favorite t-shirt today, and it's very indicative of who I am and what I'm doing on this platform. My t-shirt says, my favorite David, my favorite Disney princess doesn't need rescuing, and it's Princess Leia. And it is my favorite because I never connected to Disney princesses. I didn't like them. I, and it, it just didn't understand the concept of being rescued. But I loved Star Wars. Anybody that knows me will tell you that I love Star Wars. And it wasn't until I got older that I figured out why. And it was because she didn't need rescuing. And I absolutely love that it was a character that was strong and independent and represented what women can do and what they're capable of. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Amber, I know that I just dallied into this crazy Disney story about Disney princesses, but you have your own Disney princess story. I do. Yeah. You know, I think it's a wonderful segue because I, as a little girl raised in the 90s, Disney was a huge component of, you know, how we were brought up. Um, and for me, I had dual identities as and I did enjoy and want to be rescued by a prince to be loved more than anything. Um, it was the aspect of being loved that I really cherished, but I also was incredibly independent. 
Um, my parents were born nestled between the civil rights movement and the feminist movement. So I was raised to be super independent and strong in anything I wanted to be. So um, I think that <clears throat> my viewpoints on Disney uh, were always that I could be whatever I wanted to be. And that being loved was a component of what would be important to me. Uh, and it's interesting because my husband and I actually own our branding agency, Toten Pears. Um, so I very much uh, link into him being part of it, but walking alongside it with me, not in front of me uh, and not behind me, but right right beside me. So I can resonate with it as well, but maybe in a different way. Like I said in the beginning, you demonstrate the mother of necessity. You had a child that was born early and corporate America just didn't fit. So you created Toten Pairs with your husband to serve the other women in this space of marketing. It's a, it's a marketing firm, but it's connecting the product with their clients and helping them understand the different complexities of those, the, those target audiences that they're trying to reach. And so let's talk about all those complexities that go into that. And specifically when it comes to women, because we are not just one thing. Let's start with talking about language and how we talk to each other and how we show up outwardly and the language that we use that is important and the imagery that it is projecting. So let's start with that idea of girl boss, this term girl boss. Um, it makes me uncomfortable. And I found out why, because you recently did an episode on your podcast about girl boss. I want to let you explain why this is giving me a weird feeling and that it's, I've never been comfortable mm. with it. <clears throat> yeah. So Toten Pairs is an insights and a brand studio. Um, and the reason we did it was you're right. So my son was born prematurely at the time I was working in technology um, and I never really fit, fit in. Uh, there were lots of layers of my identity that now years later, I can understand why I didn't fit in. Um, but what was really helpful for me was once I became a mother, I was really clear that this structure and was not going to work. And so we started Toten Pairs as an opportunity to be able to give more insights to customers, which for us are companies, about what their employees need, as well as what their clients are looking for. And having those insights help you understand how you can service them better, how you can create an environment that is welcoming, you can create content, and you can create marketing assets that are inclusive of everyone. Uh, so that's kind of the background of how we got there. But in terms of language, you know, a big aspect of it is just really thinking about breaking down the words. So you've got girl and you've got boss. Um, and they're really contradictory of one another, right? This idea that you have a little girl, not a woman, but a little girl connected to now you can be this big person that oversees things is conflicting. And so what we talked about, I had uh, Jess Weiss from Google on my podcast. She's a specialist. Um, when it comes to inclusivity, we were really digging into why. Why is it that we associate these terms that are conflicting when it comes to women in corporate America or women who are doing great things? In themselves, they're very diminishing. And those of us that find conflict with it many times is because it is conflicting. Uh, the words don't go together. Um, so yes, language is incredibly important um, in everything that we do. And I think Girl Boss is a good example where when you break it out, it just becomes really clear why it doesn't work. When you put the two words separately and but sit them side by side it's clear it's clear why it 
it's made me feel uncomfortable. And I've never used that word or that phrase to to define what I do. Your specialty is to go deeper than that, not just the language. It is the layers and the complexity that each one of either employees or the uh, the target audience are composed of. There's a multi-layer. Maybe the first layer is women, and then the next. Then there's other layers beyond that. So, tell us about the importance of recognizing the layers and what those layers are. Sure. So I think the easiest way to describe it is to start with myself and kind of breaking into my layers, right? So I was raised in Chicago. I say often my parents were movement babies. They were born in the middle of the civil rights movement and the feminism movement. Um, And so when they had their little girl, it was really about bringing to light how you can be powerful and you can be amazing by standing in your core, which for me was an African-American little girl um, that was born to to African-American parents that had moved from Chicago into the suburbs to create better opportunities. So I was often raised as being the only one that looked like me or thought like me or had experiences or hair like me in the room. And I had to learn quickly that you can be different, but you can be wonderful and your differences have value. And that is really core to who I am. Uh, So when I started, uh, I was that little girl Then I moved into college and it was at a time uh, where, you know, it was really exciting to get into college, but there was a lot of money that was required. And it wasn't until I realized that my parents, uh, when they divorced, left and I was, my dad left, um, that my family was actually poor. My mother was making just enough to survive off of one person, let alone the three kids that she was trying to raise. And so there was another exposure of what finances and social economic status can do to you uh, when you add on that layer. So you have the element of me being a person, um, you being African-American, me being a woman, and then you add on my social status Um, That felt at the time limiting, but as I grew up, realized there was so much to be known by understanding the differences of social status. Another really important layer uh, that I share more recently um, is just understanding the nuances of how culture plays a role and how we think and what we do. Uh, I went into technology uh, when I got my degree, and I was very lucky that I got there, but I quickly recognized that it wasn't just about being a woman that separated me, but also the way that I thought. I remember clear as day, I had got assigned to a marketing department role uh, and I was leading a data and analytics team. And with the team, what we were talking about is how do you define your ideal customer? In this case, the client we were working with had ran into some trouble and they were getting in trouble because they were proving that they were taking out federal money and they weren't able to show that the products that they were delivering were delivering value. And so our job was to help them identify which customer would stay with them. And we were using data that we collected on the internet to be able to create personas that would say, this is your ideal person. Now, I knew the product wasn't great. That's why people weren't staying, right? Um, But what was important was that my job was to help connect the dots so that we could make a successful sale. That was my job. Uh, But when I sat in the room and realized that the persona we had created was an African-American mother with children, um, the thing was that she would stay because her kids would need the degree and it would prove to her that this would make their lives better. And I was sitting in the room with myself, $40,000 in student loan debt, because that was exactly what my mother had told me, that if you go out, this debt will be 
the best debt you can take on because it will make your life better. And I had to look around and realize that everybody else was okay with it because they weren't the African-American little girls sitting in the room any longer, right? That had the $40,000 in debt. They weren't the target audience. And so it was okay to move forward because it didn't impact them and it didn't impact the people they loved. But for me, it did because I understood what was behind the scenes and the impact that it would have on the family and the community. So I started Toten Pairs because of my own layers, recognizing that without having people who had different perspectives in the room, you could create an environment in which you were creating things that were detrimental or leaving out people who had really important insights that could create better opportunities, better products, better services for the people who deserve them. And that's really how we got into starting Toten Pairs. You said something so significant. It's, I had to stop and think about it for a minute and it, because it was sitting with me and I'll, I'll repeat what you had said that sat with me for a moment, which is they were okay with it because it didn't impact them. How many, how many other decisions are made, not, not just in marketing, but in other spaces as well? that they're made and they're okay with it because it doesn't impact them. That's, like I said, I had to sit with that for a moment because that was kind of straight, straight between the (laughs) eyes. So, um, uh, give me a little bit more behind that because I know that there is, there's way more layers behind that statement. Yeah. I think that it comes into normal, uh, times where people are focused on the things that are comfortable for them. We live in a, an era where we just go through our days and we are built based off of whatever triggers our brain have created to make life easier for us. We don't think about other people, right? Like we think about the people that are within our circle, the people that are our neighbors, the people we see on a day-to-day basis. But if you don't fit within that category, you have usually no time in your day to think about somebody that lives 30 minutes away from you and what that experience is like. And we take that into the work that we do right? We take our perspective into the work that we do and the decisions that we make are based off of our experiences. And so that is really what it was at the core. Everybody sitting around the table for me weren't bad people. I mean, they were my coworkers and my friends, but they didn't share my layered experience. And so they weren't able to understand how the work that we were doing was going to impact others that didn't relate to them. Uh, And so I think that's really what that is. And layers can come up in many different forms, right? I gave you a handful of layers that impact me. Um, But as you go on in life, you've got more layers that are going to impact you. And some are going to be similar and some are going to be different. Uh, Motherhood, for example, is another one that changed my viewpoint and my trajectory and my career and my life because it exposed a whole nother world that I just did not have access to. Yeah, it it gave you opportunity, what first was presented as a dilemma, suddenly became an opportunity and a life-changing opportunity, not just for you, but for your clients. And I find this fascinating that what you're doing is you're connecting your clients with, first of all, understanding the multifaceted layers of their ideal customer and why it's important. So why, let's start with why it's important to acknowledge all those layers and how acknowledging that 
is it's an added benefit to every organization. So we have two different types of clients. We have one that's trying to recruit and retain employees, which we're in the middle of the tightest labor market in U.S. history. We had 10.9. We're in October when we're recording this. So in September of 2021, we had 10.9 million open jobs and we had 3.9 million people voluntarily quit their jobs. So companies are hiring everywhere and really struggling to get people to come to them and stay simply because people have really had it, right? Where you've been working at a space, you're tired of feeling underappreciated. A lot of people are burnt out. And so companies have this dilemma of what are we going to do? Up until this point, it's been enough to offer benefits and to offer a paycheck and people want more. And so where we were coming in is saying, of course they do, because their needs are different. Working mothers have different needs than women who don't have children or caregivers have different needs. Let's say maybe your parents are aging than people who don't have to be caregivers or just in general, people want different things. Being able to dig into what are the different needs within your life, the layers that have created new needs or wants helps employers understand What do I need to do to connect and make sure that I'm offering the right things to my ideal employee so that they can not only come work for us, but be successful here? So that's one aspect of ways that we help. On the consumer side, it's about really making sure you can cut through the noise by creating messaging that resonates or creating products and services that are actually beneficial. So for example, uh, we had a couple of good clients, I think that I can give examples for. One is we were working with an organization where they were really trying to connect with more people in the Latino market. And the big challenge they were recognizing is they're not connecting with everyone. They think they could go to a bigger reach. And we looked at their imagery and said, everyone is light skinned. Did you know that 25% of uh, Latinos identify as Afro-Latino? That means black. 25% in the United States. So you're not representing significant. Yeah, absolutely. So it's little things like that where we don't recognize because of our experiences sometimes that there are different ways in which people see themselves, different things they need to see and different things they need to hear in order for them to be able to resonate with what you're saying and find themselves comfortable within your brand. Uh, And so that's another area on the consumer side where we really dig in and help. I'm very curious as to the responses that you're getting from your clients. And I want to start with the employer side because you're absolutely right. The employers have had a captured market because we've gone along for a really long time and we'll take the paycheck, we'll take the benefits, we'll deal with it later. The pandemic sort of exposed what was really bubbling below the surface for a very, very long time. It just was able to be ignored. Now it's it's to a point where it can't be ignored. And you're telling your your clients you're not meeting their needs. And it's not all about money. So how are they responding when you're saying your employees each are going to have different needs? So you're going to have to offer a variety of options. Are they are they losing their minds and saying, oh, we can't do that? Or are they open yeah, to that? Yeah, you know, I think right now it's been really great and sad is that the pandemic has given them no choice, right? You're saying people are losing, companies have no choice but to make adjustments. It's a challenging position to be in because for some companies, especially the smaller to medium-sized ones, 
they're getting squeezed on both ends, right? You're getting squeezed with inflation or prices are going up. You also have to pivot your business and you're getting squeezed on the employer side. So we don't go in um, with the attitude that the company is bad. We only work with clients who we think have great product services and culture. That's who we choose to work with. So everyone we're working with is trying. The big thing is how do we make sure that we're clear about what it is that you need so you can prioritize it? So most of them are very open to the fact that they are just trying to understand what those needs are so they can make the adjustments that make the most sense to service their employees better. So for sure, we see clients that are coming to Toten Parish that get it now. There were some that should have gotten it before and didn't get it until they were pinched. And then there's some who always got it, but really now recognize that it needs to be a top priority. And the reality is it should always be a top priority because your people are your most valuable assets. And if you're not servicing them, then you're missing the opportunity to be able to be the best that you can be. Yes, machines can come in and and do some work, but there is no replacement for critical thinking. And only humans can process critical thought. So humans are always going to be an employer's best asset. With those that have been open to it and responding, what are the options that you have given them of being able to acknowledge each one of their different needs, their different layers, if you will, and being able to meet those needs as their employer of choice. So I think what's important to go back to the computer side. So my background is in technology. And I think one of the things that's exciting, but also can be um, eye-opening with technology is artificial intelligence and machine learning is getting stronger, right? So today you don't have the ability for computers to replace humans um, at the rate you would need to to be able to automate everything. But the stat we're tracking to now is by 2030, 20% of jobs will be automated by technology. So what that means for us as women in corporate is that there is technology kind of beating at the door um, to be able to replace some of the positions that are out there. We're not going to stop that. So there are things that we can do to make sure that our skills are strong to be able to stand the test of time in those areas. So like you mentioned, the critical thinking skills, the ability to be strong in certain niche areas that are growing, those are important to remember because companies are looking for ways to automate. That That's not something that we can stop. So I always really important to speak to that <clears throat> because what the work that we're doing at Tone Pairs is to help prepare women uh, on the employer side for those changes. Uh, and we don't get enough conversations around that. Um, so I think that's important. So are they are you, those employers responding with um, additional training and allowing them to stretch their skills and maybe even help them pay for uh, more education to go to university, maybe get a master's or whatever the case may be? Are they, are they open to those types of things? Yes, exactly. So that's a lot of the work that we've been doing. So you might find things like um, trainings or setting up specific ERG groups, which are employee resource groups targeting the needs of certain audiences um, or retooling or re-educating um, people on different services that are needed in this new normal of work. And that is exactly what we see in all of the clients that we come. A lot of them are coming to Tone Pair specifically because they recognize they are actually going to be automating in one space, but they need to be able to retrain in another area. And they want to make sure that women are participating in those opportunities. 
that's I that I think that's really interesting that the these employers are recognizing that that yes, there's going to be a certain aspect that we're replacing, but we want to help you stay ahead of the curve. Because it, I think that that's really important. Because the one thing that a computer can't do, no matter if it if there's machine learning, AI, what have you, is those soft skills and taking care of clients and and you know making sure that you're taking care of another human beings or organization's needs. And a computer cannot a computer just cannot replace those soft skills. And women happen to be really good at the soft skill part of industry. But there's a, there's other layers that I've been thinking about because everybody's needs are different. Perhaps there's are they responding with unlimited PTO? Is that something that has been discussed and you know passed through as a as an option for uh, to meet the needs? Because it could be something different. It could be children, aging parents, just like to travel, whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, unlimited PTO or even extending PTO to include, you know, maternity leave, paternity leave, uh, care leave for aging parents um, are all aspects of benefits that people are offering. Um, And that's one component of something that we would be discussing with them. The way that we would take our clients usually through an exercise is we start with exposing them to the different elements of their personas. So are you familiar with personas? Um, not in the way that I think you're going to describe it to me. Um, okay. so for, for my benefit and everybody else, a description would be lovely. Yeah, I think this will be helpful. So, uh, the way that it works usually in marketing and even in technology is we'll create a made up person that represents who our target audience is. And we call it a persona. And some of the challenges in the past is companies and brands have been creating these personas in silos. So they'll say, you love Disney princesses. Of course you do, because you were raised in XYZ. Um, And as a result, we're going to create all this wonderful stuff around Disney princesses, because we know that that's going to resonate with you. They never took into account that perhaps you didn't like Disney princesses, like we were talking about, or the aspects of what you enjoyed about Disney had nothing to do with the princess side. Um, And so what we recommend instead of digging right into the personas is to actually focus on what are the qualities that that person has. So like you were discussing before, really strong, ambitious, wanting to be able to be um, on your own, focused on delivering value, not needing to be rescued. Those live in what we call archetypes. And so for our employer and our consumer clients, we center them back to the archetype. What is it that this person really brings to the table? Is it the soft skills? Is it empathy? Is it emotional intelligence? Once we can resonate on what those things are, then we can add on the layers. Like, are you a caregiver? If you are, for example, during the pandemic, a caregiver might have reacted differently. They're focused on what's happening with my mother who's in a nursing home. What's happening with my children who are now home? Those are the questions that they're trying to solve for. Not necessarily, how am I going to get to the next gym or how am I going to do this restaurant outing, right? Their needs are drastically different. And so if you're able to create personas around those needs, then you can specifically create uh, benefits that solve that person's needs. And you have multiple personas. They're all different. So the recommendation is to create packages that address the needs of your different personas 
your caregivers are going to need maybe unlimited PTO. Uh, the people who do actually feel like for their mental health, they need to get out and get to the gym. Maybe you created another type of bonus or package for them, but you can make sure that you're addressing your packages tied back to your personas, which are layered now that you've worked with totem pairs and more equivalent to what you would need to satisfy the needs of your employees at that time. Does that make sense? It's yes. And it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating science. And there's a, there's a, both the science psychology and, and a little bit of art ben, uh, beneath that too, because creating those archetypes does mean, need some nuance to it because just because humans have nuance to each, each and every one, you and I share that we're both wives, you know, wives and mothers, but we all, we have different layers and that, you you know want to be very uh, specific with who you're going to target, and and you mentioned that with your with your your uh, consumer clients as well. How how are they addressing that? Because I, I know they're putting products out there that they're thinking this is this audience is definitely going to need this, and then it falls flat. So how are they responding to the changes that you're recommending? Yeah. So usually on the consumer side, what we're doing is talking about how you might be alienating or completely overlooking an audience. Interesting. Yeah. So for example, um, let me try and think of a really good one. So we were working with a client who does some work around families and they had created a piece of technology. It's really wonderful. It's called StoryWorth, where you can log in and the idea is you send or you do answer questions every week. And at the end, they'll create a book. And the idea is that you capture the stories that are worth sharing amongst your family. And it was really beautiful, especially during the pandemic, as people were unable to be next to each other. Uh, And some people ended up losing loved ones because they couldn't get to them to capture those memories. Um, And so when we were working with StoryWorth, the idea was, isn't it wonderful? Everybody needs to be connected to their family. And what we highlighted is in many cases, I think it was 25% in the U.S., 47% worldwide, people are estranged from their families. And so the idea of trying to capture this beautiful love story for families doesn't resonate with everyone. In fact, some people still want to capture stories, but they need to do it from a distance. So how can we use your technology as a way to connect people in the way that they need to be connected with someone else? And that was kind of the lessons and the insights that they got out of that so that they could go off and create in a way that was more inclusive than what they had thought of originally. So those are the types of things people come to us for. What are we overlooking here in terms of connection, specifically with women and families um, that Toten Pairs can help you unfold as part of a consumer brand? Yeah, this is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating science. Like I said, the the, the more that we discuss and, un- and uncover all of these different elements of advertising and employers and, and whatnot, it makes me start to think about what are we doing unconsciously amongst each other and, and how we are dismissing, you know, without even realizing it, dismissing the layers and not acknowledging the layers uh, between us and and what can we do to change that? Because I think that acknowledging all of the little nuances of each other will certainly help in making this a more pleasant world for sure, but also a mo- more productive one. 
So with your wow. expertise, how do we how do we change this this current cycle that we're in? Mm, it is a tough one, isn't it? You know? it very much so. <laughs> so I think that the first step is to recognize our own layers, right? So when you go back and you think about the experiences that you've had and what makes you the person that you are, being able to really lean into what that looks like right? Where were you raised? Who were the people you're around? What were the experiences that brought you joy? What were the experiences that were difficult for you? And how has that shaped your perspective as an individual and someone um, that leads teams or is part of a corporate environment or even a business owner? It's really important to understand your core and your center so that you can recognize you know, when you're showing up uh, through your lens and when you're able to see things from someone else's. So that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is to really step for a minute and think about when you're looking at people, people are people. Uh, I think we've lost sight of that a lot because we've added on these different categories like politics, gender, race, sexual orientation. These are layers that are just a component of who we are. But at the core, we're that archetype, right? I'm a caregiver. Then you can call me Amber, but I share the qualities of a caregiver and a human and the four, the most important thing I think that we can do in interacting with other people is to bring back that human connection. People to people, here's what we share in common. And then you can start to think about all the things that make you different. Uh, but on top of those differences, there is a perspective that comes from it. And if we can find value in that perspective, it really helps us relate to each other in a way that we're getting farther away from. Uh, but we think is important. And, and we're bringing back through totem pairs. Because I I do think that the forced separation because of a global pandemic, everybody had to be locked down in their houses. We forgot about other human beings out there and 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 fueled by by, you know, extreme politics and extreme issues because nothing has been mediocre for the last 18 months. Everything has been on the extreme, on the edge. So it has pushed us further and further away from each other and kept us separate. And I think that I what you had said about recognizing your own layers and then being able to connect with someone else's layer that's similar to yours, I think that starts helping open up communication and helping us change the trajectory of the environment recognizing each other's layers and our uniqueness how do we use those layers as leverage in our everyday life yeah so i think we're all career women on the podcast is that right so i think there's for the most part yes yeah i think there's a couple of ways in which we can see our layers break through like i mentioned for me recognizing my layers in that room when I was at work and saw that there were people on the other end that were not being represented, gave me the boost to say that I need to step in and use this experiences to enhance the way that we do business, right? Uh, and so that was the way my layers really showed up. And we have an opportunity to do that all the time, whether it's going into the office through the, the work that we're creating, if we're creators, or if it's as leaders, the way that we set up our the structure of our teams and recognizing when people are being put up for promotions or have an opportunity to join the team, how can we look at them and see are there areas in which we can benefit from what they bring to the table? 
or also learn from what it is uh, that they don't do that we could be doing better to service them better, right? So as leaders, there's the opportunity to leverage our leverage, leverage our layers uh, to bring people in and to support them and elevate them up and also to stand up for people who are there that might not be represented. On the personal side, there's so many different ways in which you can show up in your layers. It's funny, uh, there's a coffee shop up the street and I don't know if you've recognized, but businesses, small businesses are having a really, really hard time staying afloat uh, during the pandemic. It's on both sides where you have to catch up from losing revenue, but also you're struggling to hire employees. And so I go visit this coffee shop every day uh, and I just ask, how are you doing today? As a business owner, I know it's difficult and it must be challenging for you. And the conversations I have with the owner, you know, are just so wonderful. I think all I'm doing to him is giving him $5 a day, but I also gave him an opportunity to know that he's not alone and that people see you. And sometimes that's the change that we need. Did you see someone today? Did you acknowledge them? Those are simple things that in the midst of a pandemic go so far and beyond a pandemic is all that we really need to stay connected. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Showing up, seeing people, being kind, those are the minimum things that we can do to really change someone's way of view and uh, to change the way that society is going. And we can each do that. That would be simple, simple things, simple things to do. And 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 I've said it many times in different shows over the past year. At the core, we all just want to be seen and acknowledge that we're important just simply because we're here and we're trying to do our best and contribute to our families and society. And, and, but ultimately we just want to be seen because it says you're important. important. And and, and that, that, that's why I think your work is so remarkable because at the base of it, from my perspective, you are making sure that you everybody's being seen and acknowledged and recognized and i just think that that is that is beautiful work that is absolutely beautiful work and i so appreciate you giving me your time today to educate all of us on the importance of acknowledging differences the different layers and using them as leverage and i thank you so much for that work well i appreciate it i appreciate you having me on and i'm grateful that i had a chance to share Absolutely. Can you please tell us where we can contact you if people have questions, if they want to uh, engage in your services and perhaps utilize you in their own businesses or in their own products? Sure. You can reach us at toteandpairs.com. It's just tote, T-O-T-E, and A-N-D, pairs, P-E-A-R-S.com. That's it. Thank you again so much for giving us your time, your your expertise, and teaching us a little bit more about how we connect with each other and, and being a little bit nicer to each other. So thank you for being here today. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me. Thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you again next time. That's our show. Thank you all so much for spending your time with me and continuing to support this show, this community, and our endeavor to change the world one interview at a time. If you have 
any ideas for a new show or for a guest that you'd like me to interview, please reach out to me at audra at womeninthearena.net. Thank you again for all of your support, and we'll see you again next time. so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. You can reach me at audra at womeninthearena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me, and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time. This is just the beginning.